TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Beautiful, gorgeous, if not slightly chilly day here in the fine city of Chicago. The coach of the Big Dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Sports talk and more. We like to emphasize the more, but we do dabble in sports as we go. David Olson, our producer, tapping his left arm right now. I don't know if he's calling for the left-hander to come in from the bullpen or uh, maybe he's calling for middle relief. I'm not sure what it is, but you... Usually that arm tapped to call for the bullpen is about 45 minutes into the show. Already, he's ready to find a replacement for me. Manager David Olson, our producer, on the other side of the glass. Let us enjoy our award-winning talk zone, musical entrepreneurship. I love that music. Big Dog, I have found if uh, you need to get tightened up a little bit in the uh, colonostomal region, if you not need lately. to uh, not shake things up but tighten things up, close it up a little bit, uh, you know, or, uh, head to the road to constipation, if you will. Listening to the TalkZone.com music will indeed increase your fiber content. Not sure if you're aware of that or not. So then it'll help then, is what you're saying. Well, it depends what particular uh, malady you have. What I'm saying is it will help if you need to... Uh, Tighten things up a little bit. Well, doesn't fiber loosen things up? I thought fiber tightened things up. That's only if you wear it like as a shirt, as in <laughs> cotton. Okay. Oh. But if you eat it as a, yeah. as a food, it tends to loosen things up. Speaking okay. of which, I, I you know, in the many magazines that I do read, Big Dog, uh, preparation for the show, quality professionalism, thank you very much. Oh, that's good. I read good. somewhere in the... Uh, you wouldn't believe it, column, or something to that effect, that some lady was suing some furniture company because she has developed an addiction to the foam in some of the furniture in her house. She can't stop eating it and snacking out of the foam inside some of the couches and cushions, etc. Um, Hard well, to believe. Hopefully, here's what happened is she wins the lawsuit. Yeah. Okay. And then she buys more furniture and eats it and then eventually <laughs> dies and doesn't pass her genes on to somebody else wow. on the planet. That's that. that. I, I've heard of different addictions and different uh, escapes. Of course, food can have many psychological purposes, but an inability to prevent yourself from munching on your furniture that you sit on, that is a new one, Big Dog. And I would argue the uh, music here for the TalkZone.com could probably help that young lady. You, you know, as as a child. When I was a young kid, I, I lived above a bar. Okay. Okay. So, you know, every once in a while, I mean, I was, I'm always eating constantly to this day. I have to eat all day long. <laughs> all I got to say is I would go to the refrigerator. I ate some stuff that I, I wasn't supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't. I thought everything in the, in the refrigerator was, oh, have a go at it. Well, I didn't know that, you know, you had to refrigerate suppositories. Yeah. Believe it or not, I, I ate a bunch when I was a kid. They didn't taste very good, but I was oh, hungry. Boy. 
Oh boy, but you never, you never uh, had an affliction for munching on the foam cushion. But the point is, I quit eating them, Coach. I was like, no, I don't, I don't think that was good. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to stop. And as a three-year-old, and I don't have much sense, obviously. You know, we, I've been doing the show long enough for you to figure that out. But I was smart enough <laughs> at a, as a three-year-old uh-huh. to know that I probably shouldn't be eating those things. So a grown woman eating foam, and she really wants somebody else to pay her yep. money for it. Yep. Come on. She's That's cla- unbelievable. Claiming that the furniture company, the manufacturer, whatever, that she got addicted to it. But uh, the bottom line is, if you do have a slight fiber content situation, the TalkZone.com music will... Uh, you know, it can loosen you. Th- it can loosen you up if you need to be loosened up. It can tighten you up if you need to be tightened up. Again, in the colonostable region. Thank you very much. Okay, good. We are America's number one breakfast show. As long as you're not in America eating breakfast. That pretty much sums it up. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog and a coat. Big dog. I told our assistant producer Randy Myers when I passed by his office. Always one of the highlights uh, that I have in the morning talking to Randy, delightful young gentleman. But I told him it feels like. Bear weather outside. I don't know if you peeked your head out, but this would be a perfect day for a football game, even though we're about eight months out of season. You know, Coach, I appreciate what you're saying, but to be honest with you, I have a good sense of smell, and I was out there, and I just so bad wanted to play catch and hit some line drives and all mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So it's the smell in the air. Now, this same weather with that with that late summer, early fall, I know what you're saying, then this yep. oh. There's something about like those. I don't know what it is, but I smell football, coach. And this year, I started realizing maybe I'm even smelling baseball. That yeah. might sound weird, but I, I have like when I go outside and I smell like what the grass and all that stuff's doing. I like feel like playing mm-hmm. baseball all of a sudden. So, well, I, I have to disagree with your with your football. All right, well, you know, to me, uh, Soldier Field, sun cast, beautiful day, cool, crisp afternoon, maybe even a little college football. But uh, boy, in a day game today for baseball wouldn't be too bad. But oh, night game, ugh. Sox are hosting, what, Oakland tonight, and I think uh, 20,000 fans that show up are going to freeze their Kurt Suzuki off. Woo. Well, you know what? I used to love, when I lived in the neighborhood, I would always go see, like, an April White Sox game when there was hardly anybody uh, there. You're, you're the one. I would, you know, wear the winter jacket, yeah. go in there, sneak in a little old number seven, <laughs> and uh, sip on it and, and root for the team that the White Sox were playing. So. Oh, man, that's cold. Literally and figuratively, that's cold. Well, whatever. I'm there. You know what? All I know is this is I'm I'm there, and there's a bunch of White Sox fans not there. Mm-hmm. That's not to rip on White Sox fans to turn it, but honestly, Coach, am I supposed to act like I'm going there and root for the White Sox? So I, I mean, I really didn't care. I was really indifferent. I just like being at a major league baseball game. But uh-huh. I still remember that, uh, going to Bears games with my dad. I think I told you this story before, but there was one fan who would purposely just try to aggravate the rest of the fans around him. Whatever team we were playing, he would dress up in that outfit, that logoed sweatshirt, <laughs> that helmet or whatever. And this guy would, and I still remember as a kid, I can still picture him, he would line up the cups of beer, and they would be lined up as he drunk them. And there would be like 8, 10, 12 cups. And, of course, the more inebriated he got, the more active he would engage into the crowd. It got to be kind of a fun thing after a while. But that was his sole job, is to aggravate the bear fans around him. Now, do you think he was actually a Bear fan trying to get the fans riled up no. for the energy in the crowd? No, I think he was 75% jerk, uh, 15% sense of humor, and probably the other 8% alcohol content <laughs> based on the beers he drank. But no, I don't think he was a Bears fan with the, with uh, those kind of purposes in mind. You think considering he was your cousin, you would know him a little better, Coach? 
<laughs> oh, last time I checked, he wasn't a relative. But, you know, I was a young man. Who knows? I might have been influenced as well. <laughs> oh, goodness. We do got baseball, maybe bear weather. But we got baseball going on, Big Dog. We'll lead off with that discussion, talk a little NBA today. WNBA had their draft. I know you were watching carefully as Amaya Moore stepped to the uh, podium to... And I realized one thing. If I meet Maya Moore in a dark alley, I'm just going to hand over my wallet. Goodness. Oh, my God. One Seriously, she might have a chance in uh, yeah. MMA if basketball doesn't work out one for One strong young lady, an obviously extremely talented basketball player. By the way, we mentioned the name uh, Epiphany Prince, the pick of the Chicago Sky last year, one of the great names of all. Well, we follow that up with an outstanding player, uh, Courtney, a fairly common first name. But I love the last name, Courtney Vandersloot. Vandersloot, the first pick of the Chicago Sky Big Dog. I watched her play in the NCAA tournament. Excellent. Excellent what's her, play. What's her style of game? Can she actually dribble, dribble it up the court and get it to that big girl down low in, in an easy spot for her to get some layups? Let's see. Her style of game, really not that good a player outside of the fact that she's a tremendous leader. Has uh-huh. great presence on the floor, can feed teammates, can shoot the ball from the outside, will rebound a little bit, make her teammates better, and a, uh, above average defender. Outside of that, not not that good. Yeah, well, that sounds pretty good to me, Coach. Cindy Vandersloot. Excuse me. You're supposed to say God bless you. Oh, well, you're so good looking. Huh? Is that better? No, it's not. the phone number. Baseball action yesterday, Big Dog. Your favorite team, the uh, Chicago Cub, pulled out a victory. Wasn't easy. They had a 5-0 lead. Uh, Houston chopped away at it and then almost got away from them at the end. I guess Cub fans and uh, you in particular got to get used to Carlos Marmol making things close at the end, huh? Well, you know, he doesn't always do that, but doesn't he? I mean, he saves games at a 90% clip. So, and, uh, you know, his the fact that... He's got such a such movement in his fastball. A lot of times he's going to walk people. Nobody ever gets hits off him generally, and when they are, they're like a broken bat in a bloop. So he's one of the best closers in the game, coach. And how many closers just go one, two, three consistently? Every once in a while, Mariano Rivera, believe it or not, actually has a tough save every once in a while. So mm-hmm. you know, if he keeps on closing at a ninety percent clip, and especially. If you think about how many times, Carlos, I mean, he came in in the eighth with two men on, Coach, in a one-run lead. So, it, I mean, the, the man is a stud. So he does that a lot. He gets a lot more plus three out saves than any pitcher in baseball. And when they put him in in the eighth, it's always with people on. So it's a lot easier to blow a save when, uh, you know, in that type of situation than it is when you just come in the ninth with nobody on base. So. Mm-hmm. Through uh, yeah. uh, 30, I want to say 32, 33 pitches last night. I know you're a long-time uh, analyzer of baseball pitching and arms and injuries and stuff. Is it pretty safe to say that he will be off limits today after throwing 33 pitches yesterday? I'm certainly hoping so. Here's the only problem with the Cubs are facing today is because of Randy Wells and uh, yes. Andrew Kashner being out yep. and the fact that they cut Fat Boy Silva who would who would not play in the minor leagues? Remember, I'm not playing in the minor leagues. Uh, well, he's playing in the minor leagues now for the Yankees. We'll see if he, uh, you know, he'll give them like two months because he'll pitch angry, and then eventually he'll remember that he sucks. But so now they have to start James Russell today, coach. They're expecting their starter to give them three innings. That's what they're asking out of him. Mm-hmm. Give us three. What three? Yeah. No, coach. 
five Come or on, six. I follow this stuff. They are asking. He's a he's a reliever. They have no. I stars. understand that. They may not be asking seven or eight and nine, but they're not asking. They need more than three innings. They they're telling the kid, give us fifty pitches and try to get at least three innings. Well. I think I can speak for Mike Quade, a new brand new pitching coach, Mark Riggins, and the rest of the Cubs staff that you would be incorrect. Three innings, not enough. We'll take five innings. Thank you very much. Well, oh, okay. All right. Whatever, coach. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm sure if the kid's cruising after 50 pitches, they're not yeah. going to take him out. I understand that, but mm-hmm. they, they legitimately are being like, the, it's the whole bullpen game. And. And not all hands are on deck. So, and especially now that, I mean, they used Sean Marshall yesterday. Uh, and, and, and Carlos Marmel had, Marmel had 33 tough pitches last yep. night. Yep. Great at bat by the one kid from the Houston Astros who got a base hit. I think he was their pinch hitter, Jack something or other. But Inglet. just, huh? Inglet. Not sure that was it, but, uh, okay. it was with two outs, nobody on, I believe, right? Got Carlos Lee for the second out, and this kid uh, fouled it off, fouled it out. Marmol threw some great pitches, some dippers and divers as he has great movement on his ball, and the kid hung in there, hung in there, and got a base hit and really made – he's the one who made Marmol work extra yeah. hard. And the, the next guy, I think, got a walk and added to the pitch count, of course. But uh, bottom line is, big dog, a 5-4 victory for the Cubs, and that puts them uh, – where are we, 4-5 for the season? So not too bad, not too good. Uh, yeah, you know what? 5-5, what, what, and five, I'm sorry. I mean, can they contend for a – for the wild card, I, I don't know, Coach, because it's going to be awful tough for them to be better than the Reds this year. Mm-hmm. I, I see a bunch of teams playing for 500 in the National League Central, and the Pirates will be one of them, Coach, and the Astros won't be. Yeah, Houston so, is uh, weak. Just yeah, they're the, not a very good team. No, so, talk about it. There's, there's just no, there's no joy in Mudville for the Houston Astros. Hey, Big Dog, let's go out to the phone lines and uh, check in with some of our fine callers again if you want to check in. Phone lines are open, David Olson, our producer, ready to take your phone call. Bad news and good news about calling in. The good news, of course, is you get right on. The bad news is you do have to spend a few painful moments with producer extraordinaire David Olson. But you can get through that. Trust me. 888-463-6748. Big dog, you make the call. We can go to line 2468 or whichever one you appreciate. Oh, I'm definitely going with eight, coach. Eight? Wow. Even though line two's been waiting. Well, <laughs> these people didn't have to wait. This is a regular routine we go through, Dave. All right, out the line eight we go. Check it in from the fine city of Chicago. It's caller James. Check it in, Big Jim. How are you? I'm doing great today, Coach. How about it, guys? We Cubs are. Win, but don't you think that manager kind of pushed it last night? Uh, you talking about Chicago Cub manager Mike Quade? Oh, yeah. I mean, Dumpster was out of gas. Why they sent him out for another well, inning? I, I did you just they, they have time, but... to. Did if you heard Joel's to... comments, I think Joel just explained it. They well, have to. I, noticed, I mean, I, I understand Dempster had nothing left. Dempster told him, I, I can go out there another <laughs> inning, and they need, I mean, they, they have a, a reliever starting today's game. I mean, they're in a lot of trouble pitching-wise. Yeah, you know, and I understood he was trying to, you know, save the bullpen for today, but he almost threw the game away trying for a game today that he doubts he's going to win. Well, if, you know, if, if Ryan Dempster has a shutout going and he says to you, I'm good enough to keep going, you know what? He's a veteran. Let him, I mean, let him go out there. I would, without a doubt, I would have let him get out there. And luckily, like you said, he almost cost him a game. He didn't cost him a game. So they man, he got him out so- in time. That's kind of been the way Dempster has right. gone this season. I remember opening day, right? Ryan Dempster pitching pretty well and then he, 
kept him in, and he was not able to get the uh, the big outs when it counted. Giving up big home runs, that's kind of been his problem so far this season. And considering the circumstances, I can't fault Quaddy for leaving Dempster in there. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I mean, the, the one strength that the Cubs do have on this team is they have one of the best bullpens in the game of baseball. Yep. And uh, you know they've taken a little bit of of pounding so far this year. The, the bullpen has, but. Uh, to be quite honest with you, when it's a one-run lead, every time you're going to blow some. So hopefully the offense can start producing some more runs. But. Jimmy, let me let me ask you. Brand new manager Mike Quade again. Baseball fans, you want to check in? Jim did it. You can too. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Compare Jimmy to Mike Quade, who was very successful the last month and a half, taking over for Lou Piniella without any pressure on him. They can play nice and easy. Compare his managing and team performance with the first ten games of the season, when obviously getting off to a start was very important and the pressure was much more? Well, here's the way I look at it, Coach. Um, he had a lot of success last year, but like you said, he wasn't necessarily under the gun. He was filling in right. for somebody that you couldn't replace, but obviously was on a downhill. And the team wasn't playing for him. It isn't always all the manager's fault. The team wasn't playing. They weren't doing nothing. This guy come in, got him riled up. They were playing for this guy. I mean, they were playing hard for this guy. This year, I think they're playing hard, too. And Dempster, I thought he was done. He barely got out of the previous inning. Mm-hmm. You bring him in, he gives up a home run. Then he gives one up off the top of the wall. He needed to be gone. I was screaming at the TV with my son in here. Take him out, take him out. My son's screaming, no, no, no. You know. <laughs> and he gives up another home run. Now, instead of a 5-1 to one game, it's 5-4. to four. And, you know, it's questionable yeah. whether you get out of that inning. Yeah. Big dog caller Jim's point, uh, an interesting one. Go for the win while well, you got it because the following day with, you know, your three-inning pitcher and the rest of them, you might not win anyway, so you might as well take Dempster out and go for Just one theory, anyways, and go for the win while you can. And then I, I totally understand what you're, what you're talking about, but when you have to consider that the next day you're starting a reliever and your pitcher tells you, I'm fine, I'm going to send them out there. So it didn't cost right. them the game. Right. You know, so, I, I, and, and technically, I, I, they had to take him out. I mean, basically. So, I mean, and affecting the bullpen the same way, anyways. But if, if I'm Mike Quade and my leader, my number one starter, has a shutout, he says he wants to go back out there. Oh, I mean, really? Are you going to take him out for real? Yeah. How many? How many managers are going to all the time? Yes, they're going to go out every single time. So, and I, I have Yeah, he would, he would never take himself out. He would always say, "I can go another inning. I can." It was already over 100 pitches, and he was out of gas the inning before. I just, I was going, no, this pitcher needs to be out of there. I know you're trying to save the bullpen for tomorrow, but my God, don't blow this game. Mm-hmm. All right, you know? some good comments on the Cubs. Jimmy, we <laughs> could feel your passion. Only 10 games into the season. Last time I checked, 152 to go. And Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, nine out of the 10 games have like gone down to the wire, have been pressure. I don't know if Mike Quade had any hair at the start of the year. He clearly doesn't have now. But can you remember a first 10 games that have been more pressure-packed than the Cubs have played in early? Not recently. Not recently. Man. Joel's a yeah. little more uh, – you know, he remembers every season, every game. Yeah. This guy is phenomenal. Actually, but... 1997, if you Here remember. We Here we go. The Cubs started 0-14. <laughs> and I swear to you, they lost every single game in excruciating fashion. The no no Cub fan has ever went through the worst start of a season more excruciating than '97 because I coach they lost like eight consecutive one run games was and that, it was um, like something it was so bad it was like people get ticked off it was it was horrible coach was that people, the Jimmy Riggleman era or Don Zimmer who was oh, in '97 um, 
I'm trying to think if the, if Brigelman had if he took I think Brigelman was the manager then or he took over right after I'll find out that wasn't the beginning and end of the Bruce Kim era was it <laughs> Bruce Kim was like five years ago coach <laughs> all right hey Jimmy great call great to hear from you be safe out there and it's bare weather go and throw a football out will you please I'll give it a try coach there have you. a good day guys thank you Jimmy. Later. Yeah, go out and throw a football today. You did mention, though, big dog, uh, the, the baseball throw, and I did. My son, this is my first time in 11 years that I'm not coaching baseball. Mm. Because my youngest son now in high school, and he didn't go out for the team this year, so I've coached his teams in the past. So for the first time yesterday, we did dig the mitts out of the mothballs, threw the ball around a little bit, and uh felt good. The arm is good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh- I'm a little worried about mine, Coach. I used to have Uh-oh. a really, really good throwing arm. I can barely lift it up. Uh-oh. Throw the ball. I'm, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, too much too much uh, heavy lifting in the, in the weight room for you. Well, a little bit of that, too, and the fact that it's jacked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I legitimately have, like, a, I, like, I can't throw a football anymore. I can't throw a baseball or a softball. Like, if we played softball... You're putting me at first base because mm-hmm. I'll catch the ball, but I just can't throw it anymore. We need to send one of our female interns over to you and do a little stretching exercise routine. You need one of those flexibility classes. Maybe pop on the TV channel like 257. Sure. and It's a, nothing. A little stretching and flexibility won't help. A big No problem at all. Send one with chopsticks in her hair and the ones that wear socks and the sandals at the same time. Take it easy. We're talking flexibility from a exercise standpoint only, my friend. So was I. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right, Cubs, uh, what do we got? James Russell on the mound. He is taking oh. on Brett Myers. Ronnie Santo, if you could tell the Cub fans out there a little bit about Houston pitcher X Philly, Brett Myers. Well, uh, he's got red hair, Patrick. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> okay. All right. White Sox <laughs> lose a heartbreaker yesterday. How about that game, Big Dog? I didn't see it. Watch some of the replays, but ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. You get a pitching performance like that from Mark Burley. Eight innings, gave up only two hits, and they lose the ball game in the tenth inning and error. And um, they got closer problems too. Mark Thornton is struggling, Matt Thornton rather, struggling in that role. Yeah, it, and it's hard to explain because let, let's face it, you can say all this, like they haven't fielded the ball behind him, which, which they haven't because six of the seven runs he has allowed have been unearned. Okay, but but he's still getting hit all over the place. You got to back your teammate up. If somebody makes a bad play behind you, mm-hmm. then you got to get somebody out if you're the closer, right? That's that's your job. Is it doesn't matter. You blow everybody away. So, you know, maybe he's a really solid, uh, you know, seventh, eighth inning guy. Who knows? We'll we'll see. Let's. It's not time to write him off, but no. uh, definitely not a good start to the season for Matt Thornton. He's got to be able to pick his teammates up. Yeah, Chris Sale and uh, who's the other guy? Sergio Santos, who hasn't pitched that much I want much him this year. to be the White Sox closer. He hasn't. Seriously, correct me if I'm wrong. Has it, at it. He hasn't been in that much this year. I don't know if he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the issue is with that, uh-huh. but that guy is. Uh, he's got pinpoint control. He's yep. explosive. He's got that late movement. I, I the, from the first time I saw him, I was like, he's eventually going to be the closer of the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And he he's is, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a converted shortstop, right? R- rarely pitched at all in his career. Well, okay, I thought it was catcher, but it, he definitely was a converted uh, yeah. position player coach. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, Cubs or uh, White Sox lose that game to Oakland 2-1. to one. They are back at it today. Good pitching matchup out on the south side today. Going to be cold out there, but maybe 
worth showing up to watch Trevor Cahill pitch, underrated pitcher, big deal. He's taking on Edwin Jackson, who was making a run. It's early, but based on last year, a little bit early this year, Edwin Jackson may be a White Sox ace of the future, if not the present. Edwin Jackson? Uh, Coach, uh, quite honestly, Edwin Jackson, his stats always look the same at the end of the year, and he always has two halves, and sometimes it's the first and sometimes it's the it's the second half, but he has one great half and one bad half. Mm-hmm. So, and I and, and I've said this to you, and I and I've meant this. He has number one potential, and I, I really do think that the key for the White Sox winning the World Series this year. I mean, might as well dream big if you're a White Sox fan. The, I think the only way they can do it is if Edwin Jackson reaches his potential out of any player on their team, mm-hmm. because he is the type of guy that could, as you saw against uh, a pretty good Indian team because they've won eight games since that game. Think about that, Coach. When the last time the White Sox played, it was the Indians that he just mowed through, wasn't it? Or was it the race? Can't no, it was the race. It was the race. My father was the race. But mm-hmm. 13 strikeouts in seven innings? I mean, that's incredible, Coach. Yeah, so I see. I was not aware of it. You depressed me a little bit because he's only a two, a one-half player. So if he has a great first half, basically after the All-Star break, the White Sox should shut him down. Well, no, I'm not saying that because, you know what, he's only 25 years old, but, you know, he's had four seasons in Major League Baseball, and and they've been pretty consistent where, at times, he is the best pitcher in the game of baseball, and that's no joke, Coach, because he can go, like, five, six starts in a row where he, he gives up, like, two runs over the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then, actually, you know, he's walking everybody, and he gets traded. So he's been traded, like, five times already because the pitching coaches can't understand the guy. He's got, he's got the most talent possibly in the game of baseball. <laughs> but they, they literally can't understand him, huh? Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not saying give up because you figure if he's 25, maybe he can harness it for a whole season. He's eventually mm-hmm. going to, wouldn't you think? Because the guy's got the stuff. When you see him pitch, Coach, it's electric. He, I think he was the number one overall pick in the, in the, in the draft, too. I mean, he's that highly mm-hmm. thought of, Coach. Big Dog knows his baseball, folks. I will put the dog up against any of those higher-paid, not to rub it in, but higher-paid baseball experts out there. The Big Dog breaking it down. Sometimes just breaking down, period. But uh, good I do enough. that often. Yeah, well, a little bit of both. It's, you know, the human element. That's what we bring to the show. I think I I like that aspect of you, Big Dog. We hear all your mood swings. We can see it. We can feel it. It brings you closer to the listener. I appreciate that particular aspect of the show. So the, I don't know if the listeners want me any closer to them than need be. Well, as long as it's not scratch and sniff radio, I think we're okay. If, if it ever became uh, olfactory conscious, then we might have a problem. But outside of that, we can get as close to you as we want. 888-463-6748. Phone number here if you want to get closer to the big dog. You can do that. By the way, we didn't mention our titillating tidbits, news, and notes yesterday. Big dog, I have to ask you your thoughts on uh, Maneater. Maneater shocking the crowd and winning the Florida Derby and now becoming a Kentucky Derby contender. I know you've uh, analyzed it, but how about Maneater's big win? I have no idea what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> what what was the one horse that was like the ultimate oh. favorite and lost two days ago? What? Uh, catch me if you can, or watch no, watch me go. Yes, yes, lost to catch me if you can, right? Oh man, watch me go! I mean, that was like the huge upset, and that's the horse story, isn't it? This weekend, very depressing. Because I was, I had high hopes for Watch Me Go, one of the great names. I'm not even sure if that's it. Was it Watch Me Go or? No, no, you're right. Watch Me Go. Okay, great name. I've already uh, heard though from some inside racing people that. Maneater apparently has a very bad reputation with the female horses. They said they've already said three or four 
fairly outspoken female horses big in the community have said that if Maneater wins the Derby and he has sent out the stud, they've already said they're out. Really? <laughs> you know, horses are monogamous. You well, that's, that. that's why I'm saying they're, you know, I, I guess many of the female horses out there are just hoping Maneater does not win the Derby. Let's just put it that way. Wow. All right. Got the, got the big dog speechless, and believe me, folks, that's not easy to do. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll talk more baseball. Also, big dog, I did something yesterday for the first time in four years that I used to love doing. And last night I did it for the first time in four years. I will explain that. A painful experience of sorts. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach at your service. Talking baseball and more on the Talk Zone. Dot com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com big dog during the break racehorse ronnie emailed in at mike two guys aol.com and he said he heard there is a horse female horse called come hither who uh, is different than the other ones uh, come hither apparently if man eater wins is uh, more than happy to oblige that's from Racetrack Ronnie emailing in. That's a bit odd. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome back. Second half of this two-part experience. Second half always better than the first part. 888-463-6748. Last night, Big Dog. Any guesses? Uh, it's been four years since I've done it. And it's something that I used to do all the time, but last night for the first time in four years. Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, yeah, so I, know. I, I don't, I really, I Take don't it really easy. think you want me to. Take it easy. It's, it's not often now, but four years, uh, that, that, that's stretching it a bit. I go to a water park. Uh, no. Full court. Full court game of basketball. Wow. Yeah. Against, well, against what age range? Uh, you know, men's frustrated athlete recreation hoops age range 30 to 55. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not bad. But I, I, will, I wouldn't mind getting out there because I know I can probably yeah. outrun everybody on the court. I will just say this. You can be in the best condition. You can run, elliptical, whatever your exercise you're doing, lifting weights. A basketball workout is still different. It is an all-body, uh, and believe me, I'm paying for it this morning. But it's, it's, I don't care what shape you're in, big dog. It's a different exercise, and you will be all the worse for it the next morning. Well, you know what, though, Coach? If you have... If you want to stay in shape, there's no better thing to do. Oh, it's outstanding. Because, uh, it really, because it's, it, it is rough on your body, but if you're playing with people that are competitive but not gorilla, you know, mm-hmm. th- everything's good. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Yeah, we had a couple Yahoos there, uh, last night that were mouthing off a little bit, calling every foul and playing a little bit too over aggressive for the most part. Good bunch of guys. And, uh, it was fun. Fun. Couldn't hit a shot. I shot about 8% for the evening. <laughs> What's the expression? Was it Johnny Wooden who said fatigue makes a coward of us all? 
Yes, yes, he did. I got open. I flashed the paint, caught the ball inside a ton of times, went up for the jump shot. I still got the shot, big dog, but what I don't have is jump. (laughs) I mean, it means you do the set shot. Yeah, but the set shot from eight feet away doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) A little too powerful. Yeah, I went for the turnaround jump shot. The legs were dead, had no elevation. Anyhow, it was fun to get out there. Uh, Back at you here, big dog and the coach up until 11 o'clock. Dog, you had mentioned one of the teams I wanted to bring up in our – little baseball replay from yesterday, and that's the Cleveland Indians. And uh, you're our baseball expert for real. A complete mirage. Are they going to go back or maybe somewhere in between? I'm going to guess it's the latter, but they're 8-2 and two on the season. Absolutely amazing. They win their eighth consecutive. They beat Anaheim 4 nothing. And who was it, Mitch Talbot? Yes. Anytime a guy named Mitch Talbot is pitching eight innings for you, giving up five hits and shutting out the opponent, it might be your year. Yeah, and... Uh, uh... When uh, he was taken out of the game last night, he was none too happy about it. Mm-hmm. Watching the game on MLB Network, but man, I love that channel, Coach. It's the greatest thing ever invented. Overrated. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, you know what? Obviously, the easy answer is you know somewhere in the middle. But I think on September first, they they'll still be contenders for the American League Wild Card. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the White Sox are going to win that division. But I, I can see them playing 500 ball, especially considering how they're doing it, because they're not really tearing the cover off the ball right now, Coach. It's not like they're just going on some hot streak crushing the ball. You know, they're they're really playing solid baseball. So them more than the Royals, I believe, because don't forget the Royals also have a really good record yes. so far. And you know, and the the American League Central is a little upside down right now. The Tigers are in last, and uh, the Twins are in fourth. The White Sox are in third. The Royals, and then the the Indians are in first place, but like the Royals are just killing the ball right now. They're hitting like 300 as a team, and yeah, that's eventually going to end. But you know, the, the Indians still have a couple really good players, like uh, uh Chu, who hasn't hit at all yet, mm-hmm. and Travis Hafner, coach. Yep. You got to figure that what he's doing right now is legitimate because he's like, you know, I'm really healthy for the first time. So who knows? Maybe if Grady Sizemore comes back, coach, and he's healthy and he's a guy that can hit. 280 and and hit a home run a week and steal a stolen base a week, you know, like they put up huge numbers like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Indians can contend. But I, I, so I, it's, if the pitching holds up and if Grady Sizemore really could return it at full speed. And if uh, MVP candidate after 10 games, I love talking about MVP candidates after 10 games, but Azdrubal Cabrera playing just completely, completely out of his mind, Big Dog. If that continues, that will obviously help as well. Yeah, he didn't hit a home run yesterday because, you know, he matched his last year's season total already. I think he did hit a homer. He hit another home run. I think he did. Uh, Let me let me double check here. I know he went one for three. My notes here. And, of course, I don't have an intern giving me notes anymore, Big Dog, so I take my own notes. He he um, now has four on the season. He hit three all last season. Yeah, there it is. Cabrera with another home run. (laughs) So we hit three last year, and in the first ten games he's hit four this year. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Wow! So I told you he had a little pop. I didn't. I didn't know he had a lot of pop. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but other than that, everybody else, those, no one else was really hitting. They got this kid Jack Hanrahan, a, a third baseman for the Indians, who no one's ever heard of, yep. and this guy's crushing the ball too. So Jack Hanrahan, playing very, very well. By the way, another team we have not mentioned much of late. They're not as much of a surprise, but still a surprise. The Texas Rangers. They got the best record in baseball, Big Dog. They are 9-1. Everybody thought it was a little bit of a mirage. Their run last year, 
all the way to the World Series. They beat Detroit yesterday two to nothing. Uh, a young man named Justin Verlander was pitching for Detroit, but he was outdone by Alex Ogando, who never heard of the guy before, but through two starts, he's been absolutely dominant. Who is Alex Ogando? He, he's a 23 year old power sinker ball pitcher coach. <sighs> Absolutely I'm a, phenomenal. And, and I'm attracted to him already. If you play fantasy baseball, get this dude on your roster. He already he is, is, the way you described him. Phenomenal. He's phenomenal, Coach. Alex. Like Some guys you can tell like early on they might have a good start. Well, I mean, this kid's stuff is so good that if he doesn't get any like dead arm or any issue like that, his stuff is just so good that he can learn mm-hmm. on the job and still be effective. All right. He went uh, seven strong yesterday. Neftali Perez. Coming out of the bullpen, he's the closer for Texas. Uh, we saw him last year, a little bit up and down, possibly a little bit undependable. He had 40 saves last year. That kid is in- unbelievable. But wasn't there questions on him if he was, in fact, one of the questions for Texas this year was, I thought anyway, maybe I'm confusing my Neftalis. Maybe it was another Neftali. I thought it was Neftali Perez that was a question mark. No, the only thing that was a question about him was whether they were going to make him a starter or keep him as the closer. Okay. There was no question about the t- coach as a rookie. He saved forty games. I mean, that's that's getting it done. His ERA was like one point three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and he's there's nothing but upside to that kid. So they actually stretched him out. They were going to make him a closer, and this elect they finally decided. You know, this Ogando kid is so good. We're going to bring him up to the major leagues because there's no reason to have him in the minor leagues anymore. Okay. So they brought him up and they kept Perez as the as oh, I, close. I called him Alex Ogande. It's it's Ogande. It's uh, Alexi. Yeah. I apologize. That's all good. I apologize. Put the eye to the next next to that. And uh, yeah, Neftali Perez, very, very good. We were going to name, uh, that was one of the contenders for the name of our youngest son, Neftali. It came down to James, David, or Neftali. It was one of those three big dogs. The kid lost out, really. Yeah, I thought he so. He lost out. Yeah. You, you know what would happen? At least with Neftali Cone, yeah. he would have been recruited, <laughs> at least, with that name. Would have looked good. Maybe he has the game of his yeah, life. Absolutely. Life is a matter of getting in the door. Once yeah. you're in the door, you can find a way. If you send a resume for you know the track team, wide receiver for football out of Glenbrook South High School, Neftali Cone, you at least get the uh, the exit interview. Yeah, yeah. When they see David Cohn, they're like, I, yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Not a chance. Kid, he he sounds like he's got, yeah. uh, you know, deceptive speed, and we really don't <laughs> need deceptive speed. We need legitimate yeah. speed. <laughs> oh goodness, my favorite football team, Northwestern University, used to have a lot of players with deceptive speed. Yeah, I think so. yeah, <laughs> there's as, a lot as, of it all over the As state. they went three and nine every year. <laughs> all right. 888-463-6748. Folks, dial it up. Talk some sports with the coach and the big dog. You're tired of sports. You want to jump off the sports page. Sometimes that happens to us, too. We feel your pain. Feel free to get us off track. Any topics are on the docket for the big dog and the coach. Again, 888-463-6748. Now, my uh, notes did not have it big dog late at night. But as I understand, the Los Angeles Dodgers, David Olson, maybe check it out, beat the San Francisco Giants. Did we get another shutout out of Clayton Kershaw? Again, my notes are... Uh... No, no, no. I, I watched the game, Coach. Okay. Uh, Clayton Kershaw went six and two-thirds, didn't allow any runs, was completely dominant, even though the home flight umpire was squeezing him all night, Coach. The, the, the strike zone was the size of a teacup, yet uh, he kept on pounding it. One of the best young pitchers in the game. I, I don't miss when Kershaw's pitching because he's eventually going to get a no-hitter, and he'll do it this year. And he's got a streak of scoreless innings now, above 20, right? He's 
Well, he's, yeah, that's right. He's up to like twenty three yeah. now. It's like it's like in the so I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's in the twenty three area, and um, I guarantee you that he's got thirty more starts this season. He'll get a no hitter coach. Wow. So wow. I mean, yeah, don't miss out when that yeah. kid's pitching. Yeah, well, that, that, you know, it's rare that a kid comes in with great potential. Some of these young pitchers and. They fade so rapidly. Here's a kid that came up with a pretty good reputation, great potential that looks like he is, in fact, going to live up to that potential. Big Dog, kind of. Go ahead. They, one of, uh, I don't know, it's in the Book of Moses. They talked about, I know it's in, it's somewhere in your religious book about how good Sandy Koufax was. And when somebody compares you to Sandy Koufax, wow. that's some, you know, when you said expectation coaches, coach, how much, Bigger is the expectations to say, oh, the kid could be the next Koufax. Mm, that's that's uh, arguably too much pressure, but that's pretty strong. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pretty strong. Pretty exactly. strong. And not the next Koufax, but it was Don Drysdale, his compatriot, with those great L.A. Dodgers team that I believe has the record for a scoreless inning, something like 55. I can still remember the Sports it's, Illustrated cover with Don Drysdale on it and had every you know all the innings, the zero 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 fifty five zeros across the I still remember that particular SI cover. Yeah, and well the the cover might have been fifty five, but it, it actually got up to fifty eight okay. and a third, and you know who broke it. Ooh boy, great trivia question. So that record was broken in nineteen eighty eight. Was it a are you asking team or player? Was it a home run? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, who broke his record? Yeah, he doesn't own the record. Ah, anymore, it wasn't coach. Oral Hershiser, was it? Yeah, it was in 1988. Ah. Oral had one of the greatest seasons ever of any p- player in the history of the game in 1988. Was he pitching for the Dodgers at the time, Mr. Hershiser? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And they won the World Series, and he was the best pitcher in the game of yeah. baseball, and there wasn't even any question about it. Wow, and now Even you got another. Pragmatics was really good, I have to admit. Uh, and Oral Hershiser now very good announcer, by the way. But now you got another LA Dodger with the scoreless streak going. So, yeah, uh, if it does break a record, the Dodgers are keeping it of the family. At any rate, they uh, did. Did you stay up late? Did you finish the game? Did the Dodgers, in fact, win the ball game? Oh, the Dodgers won six one. Pat Burrell hit a hit a meaningless home run off the foul pole late in the game. Mm-hmm. But the Dodger fans went crazy. The story of that game, without a doubt, uh, was they brought the the. I'm pretty sure the last name is Snow. Family, which is the the family of the giant fan who, after opening day, was leaving the game, and two idiot Dodger fans beat the man into a coma. Oh boy! Okay, so yes. the Dodgers and Giants were playing for the first time since then, and yes. they had this, the, the the Snow family was there, and Jeremy uh, Affelt said some really nice things, and the mm-hmm. Dodgers players and the Giants players were standing in a row right at home plate. Wow, that was and and they talked about how great the rivalry is, and yeah. Let's not worry. Let's not be, you know, however Jeremy Affel said it, Coach, was phenomenally good. Yep. It was perfect. Yep, that was, uh, we, we haven't mentioned that story here. That was just about as despicable as it gets. And, and the young man was, uh, how old, Big Dog, in his 20s? Well, I, I, I don't know. He was in his late 20s, mm. but he's got a little baby daughter. Oh, boy. And uh, Two kids, and, I thought. And, and the, supposedly he was, the guy was just attacked, punched from behind. So, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes instances happen and, you know, like maybe somebody's talking smack and a fight starts, and then yeah. somebody gets hurt really bad, and we blame the guy who won the fight. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying, Coach? Which, which I understand all that, but yeah, that, when that the guy's just the... walking and gets a, punched in the back of the head from behind because he's wearing a giant jersey, come on! Mm-hmm. Well, you hear all the beer commercials now with their motto "Drink responsibly." I would say those two complete idiots who hopefully will spend a long time in prison were the uh, exact 
antithesis of drink well, responsibly. They, they can't. They have to find out who these two. Oh, they haven't are. caught the guys yet. No. And it was right outside the ballpark. It, well, it was in the parking lot. And have you uh. ever seen Dodger Stadium parking lot? Oh my goodness! It's like you're. It's, like the Gurney Mall parking lot. It's, so they, it's ten times bigger. So these two idiots are out there, and they clearly, from the publicity it's gotten, they know what happened to the kid. And now they've got to, if they can escape, they've got to live with that all their life. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to find out exactly what's going on. Like, wow. but they are, they are searching for those people. Wow. And they supposedly they they've got kind of images on video camera, but they're not great images because they were so far away and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. So I say we do our community service for the show, Big Dog, and. Take the rest of the week off, fly out there, and help the police department find those two yahoos. Uh, send me out there, Coach. I'm willing to go with you. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, big Dog and a Coach with you up until 11 o'clock each and every Monday through Friday. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. And I think uh, we pretty much covered the baseball stories from yesterday, Big Dog. Uh, we got NHL hockey playoffs starting. Want to get to that. And, of course, the uh, Chicago Bulls have a game tonight taking on the New York Knicks. The Knicks, by the way. Should mention them. We haven't talked about it after a bad start with Carmelo Anthony. They have won seven consecutive games. The Knickerbockers are uh, a factor once again. Tonight's game could be interesting. Yeah, they're playing a little bit better basketball. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, they're going for win number 61, the Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. which would be cool because if they end up with 61, that'll put them at 40 games over 500. If they win 62 games, mm-hmm. their winning percentage is 750, which basically means that they won three for everyone they lost this year. So just you know, just thinking about the numbers of how great of a season they've had now that they won 60. Do, do you remember, Coach, when I asked you, you know, they they have to go like 22 and 5 the rest of the way in order to, to win 60. And, yes. Uh, and, and I was like, if they do that, they'll probably get the number one seat. Yep. You thought I was a little crazy. Yes. And, Back you know, then I it was, it was that... on the outskirts, but, I mean, the team did it, so... Back then, that would, that 22 and 5 that you talked about back then was a pipe dream, and I'm not talking about the long extended pipe. <laughs> and who would have thunk it? Now, let me ask you this. Let's, uh, I don't think the Knicks have a chance of matching up with the Bulls in the first round, but, and we've asked this question of football before. Let's say it was the Knicks and the Bulls scheduled to meet in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And let's say New York Knicks coach, who the hell is coaching the Knicks these days? Okay. Uh, he's a pretty good coach, Mark D'Antonio. Oh yeah. Mark D'Antonio, wonderful mustache, great hair, great offensive system. If they run a defensive drill occasionally, that might help. Let's say he had a he, let's say he had a thought that could help, uh, you know, strategy that he thought could beat the Bulls. Regular season game. Do you, let's say he's not sure if he's going to play the Bulls in the playoffs or not. Do you play to win and use that particular strategy, use that lineup or whatever, or? Do you hold back in the regular season? Absolutely. For the... You hold back, Coach. This game means nothing for either team. Okay. So the matchups are already set besides the, the Heat and the Celtics for the two-seed. Everything else is, is perfectly embedded. Okay. So unless you're worried about playing the Heat or the Celtics in the first round, because mm-hmm. they're gonna the, the Knicks are going to be either six or seven, so they're going to play the two or the three. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm getting at, Coach? Yes. Unless you, no, yep. no, you hold it back without okay. a doubt. As a matter of fact, I think at this point you you rest your players and you play it like, hey, mm-hmm. I want you guys to go out there and play as hard as you can. But a guy that plays 36 minutes will end up playing 24 minutes. That, that That's night. exactly, by the way, what uh, Glenjamin Doc Rivers is doing with the Boston Celtics. Uh, they've struggled down the stretch. They're looking tired, looking beaten, looking uh, 
worn out psychologically and physically. I think he's making the right decision. He's shutting the starters down the final two games. Going to see if he can revive the energy a little bit. And there is, there's two way the Boston Celtics can go, Big Doug. They can pump it up come playoff time. They certainly have the veteran experience and the talent to do that. Or the other theory is they're just worn out and they are done. Not well, sure which to go with. Well, think about it. They did it last year and they got all the way to the NBA final. And, and, and as a matter of fact, they lost home court advantage in the, in the Eastern Conference finals by rusting their players and they ended up, it revitalized them. So the, to be honest with you, the Heat better watch out because I think the Celtics are beating the Heat in the, in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Mm-hmm. So you think Celtics and Heat will both advance, and that'll be a two-three matchup in the semis? Yes, and I, and I and I really do think that the the Bulls are going to be playing the Hawks and not the okay and not the the Magic. All right, let me go back again. Now you're you're picking the Celtics over the Heat, or did you pick the Heat over the Celtics? I'm picking the Celtics over the Heat, even though it looks like the Celtics will be playing that game seven Boy. in Miami. That would be. Um, well, if that series comes to fruition, I'm not convinced that it will. By the way, I think the Celtics there's a chance they could get knocked off. But if it does, but there what, are by uh, the Sixers, huh? By the Sixers, yeah. Possibly. Like like I said, there's two ways of looking at the Boston Celtics. Big don't one is that they're going to rest, they're going to revitalize leadership, talent. The other one is that they're just flat out done. I mean, that's the way they've looked the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying it's the likelihood, but yeah, I think there's a, in my mind, a 25% chance that the Philadelphia 76ers, Atlanta Hawks, whoever it might be, could beat the Celtics in a seven-game series. Okay, well, it's possible, Coach. Mm -hmm. It is the NBA, and, uh, you know, it it would be shocking. But, you know, if you think about it, the way the Celtics have played, the way they've traded away Perkins Mm -hmm. and... A lot of bad well, stuff is going to if you look at the last 25 games of the season, the Philadelphia 76ers played better basketball and want more dominant, but have played overall better basketball, won more games than have the Boston Celtics. Actually, do you know who the hottest team in basketball yeah. is besides the Chicago Bulls? Coach of the year candidate, Tom Thibodeau, our beloved Bulls coach, is going to win it, but Doug Collins, ex-Bull coach, has done one heck of a job. Uh, struggled the first third of the season. Last two-thirds, though, he has turned that program around. No, 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 you're exactly right, and they're playing phenomenal basketball, Coach. You can't doubt that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to throw that in there, does anybody want to play the Denver Nuggets either? Wow. In the Western Conference? Another great story. I mean, yeah, so... Uh, Maybe maybe it isn't going to be your typical the the one two and threes you know have no problem advancing and then uh, mm-hmm. you know, into the into the conference semifinal. All I know is it if I were a, uh, a, a beat writer covering either the Boston Celtics or Miami Heat, if they did play in a seven game series, that's a job I'd like to have. That'd be piece of cake coming up with stories for that seven game series, huh? Uh, you know what? It should be pretty easy in, in any you know in any NBA basketball series. Mm-hmm. You know. It's really important to everybody playing in those series, you know, I guess, but the yep. other people, maybe they're more interested in the, the Heat and the Celtics than yeah. they would the other team. Big no, I never, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you never covered sports, but at times you were a beat writer, I believe. Hired by a couple different organizations. Yes, I, I have done that, Coach, believe it or not. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. I'll be watching a little Bull Nick tonight, switching off. With the Cubs and the Houston Astros and breaking out, Big Dog, speaking of first-time things, uh, it's been in uh, hibernation for the last four or five months. First barbecue of the year is scheduled tonight. Any hints for me? Because I know you're a long-time barbecue guy. Invite me over. That's your first hint? Yeah, that, that would be probably the <laughs> – yeah, you're going to have barbecue. 
Yeah. Claudia hasn't cooked barbecue yet this this year. Well, he, we have. He has. Never mind. Claudia will barbecue in the middle of winter. Which so is, I, by the way, and I, I've been lazy and haven't done it. That That's the best time to barbecue. Yeah, you know, we... All, all we have to do is we have to redo my deck in the backyard because mm-hmm. I really don't want to put the barbecue and all that other stuff up there. So he has to go up and down the, yeah, the that's, stairs to the patio. You know, so that, that can be that's a problem. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but if that, it's, that's one thing I'm going to have to do is redo the deck, and then we'll just put that right next to so we can well, get it from the kitchen. Oh, not yeah. a problem. We'll get some two guys and a mic listeners out there to volunteer their time. We'll have that deck put up in no time. Well, why, why doesn't somebody come over tomorrow? Because I'm gonna re- we're going to replace a couple more spots in the fence. We're doing it a couple days at a time, mm-hmm. though. All right. It's a little oh, bit uh, of short notice, but if any of our listeners, uh, not named Cineplex Cindy, want to come over and help the big dog out, uh, email us at mike2guysaol.com. We'll give you the address, the location, and we'll, we'll even give you a couple of hand utensils you can use. Uh, I keep on getting emails from some woman saying how strong of a back she has. Well, now I guess she can prove it. <laughs> Emails from females, big dog. We need them. Thank you. Mike2guysaol.com. M-I-C and the number two, by the way. Mike2guysaol.com is our email address. Um, all right. And uh, no suggestions for, uh, but, but the middle of the winter barbecue, I think, is the way to go. Especially if it's a little more conveniently located, but there's something about the, you know, the real cold air and then you get next to the hot barbecue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. It, it, it kind of, it builds up the testosterone level, if you know what I mean. Without question, hair grows on your buttocks. <laughs> You, you feel like you're conquering something. Yeah. You know, like, like you want to wear the fur with no sleeves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Brings up a discussion I heard on another radio station. We don't normally copy material, but uh, they were talking about uh, what the NHL playoffs, what a smooth transition here from beards and facial hair and leg hair to the NHL playoffs. But you know how teams, it's almost an NHL tradition to play out beard. Well, they were saying females that follow hockey should have a like tradition, and there was an argument whether growing uh, either armpit hair or leg hair for women was an equivalent to men growing the facial hair. I was on the side of the radio host who said, yeah, you know, females should be able to do that. The other host was saying that's not quite the equivalent. No, no, that's I agree. Well, which one do you agree with? Like women shouldn't have to wax their upper lip for like six weeks. See, I think if a woman wanted to grow... Leg hair, not shaver hairs for, uh, however many weeks the playoffs went on. Their favorite team, I think it's, you know, all's fair in love and war. If the guy can do the beard, most, most of the playoff beards you see, Big Doug, are not very sightly. Let's face it. They're butt ugly, coach. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, by the way, uh, Patrick Kane, first phone call he made after, uh, I guess was to the, after the, the wild beat the stars, which, uh, made the victorious Blackhawks the number eight seed and, mm-hmm. and Watch out for the Blackhawks now. Nobody wants to face him in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but he got a mullet immediately. Really? He got his playoff mullet. Interesting. He knew it was time. Maybe the bear or the Bears. Maybe the Blackhawks or other NHL teams should follow or copy the uh, North, not North Dakota, but the Minnesota Duluth team that won the NCAA championship. They went all dyeing their hair blonde. Did you that's did you catch that look? It's a good look. It's I a thought really so. Good look. I thought so. The only thing was the guy who scored the game-winning goal, he was like the only player on the team who did not dye his hair blonde. I don't know if you caught that or not. I did not notice, and I, I'm glad I didn't, Coach. <laughs> you got to observe these. If you're going to be a sports talk host, an award-winning sports talk host, Big Doug, you have to observe these little things. I try to. Thank you very much.
All right. Any other uh, topics on the docket for you, Big Dog, before we wind up today's show? I know you take news and notes for the show. If the uh, female fans want to track you down, which of your 36 jobs might you be involved in today? All I'm doing today is uh, memorizing a a script for um, this kayak company, this tour guide company I'm going to be working for this summer, Coach. A really good script. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to be a good time. I'm going to... This is going to be uh, probably the most fun I've ever had at mm-hmm. any job I've ever done. So and I'm again. Inspired about it. But the only thing I want to talk about in the world of sports is Sam Fold, Coach. Do you know what happened with him last night? Do not. Oh, my goodness, Coach. Okay. First of all, he's making a, a bunch of other great catches for the Tampa Bay Rays as, as they're destroying the Boston Red Sox. But last night, he hit a home run, then he hit a triple, then he hit a double. Wow. So he comes up in his last at-bat, Coach. He only needs a single for the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. He lines one down the left field line. One hops the, the green monster. He turns first base. What do you do, Coach? You need a single for What's... the cycle. Your team's up at this point 16 to 5. Ah, there's, there's the X factor. Obviously, if it's close game, you go for second. That's an interesting. i got to think about that one. That's tough. It, if it's close, I might hold. If it's so obvious, you can make second. I almost in the spirit of the game, but. What are your thoughts? I didn't. I was not aware of that happened. I, I, I just want to let you know he did the right thing because Sam Fold is a baseball player. Went to second base. At the attack and went to second base. And uh, everybody in the Rays dugout went berserk. David Rice was like, go back to first. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a really cool moment. If, uh, if you're like, I don't know, historian of baseball mm-hmm. and, and like that type of stuff, it was pretty cool. And Sam Fold later... They asked him, you know, why didn't you stop? You're never going to have another shot at a cycle. He's like, I don't have that many shots at extra base hit. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, Dawg. We got to wrap it up. And no, we did not mention, but the Boston Celtics, the Boston Red Sox did lose again. And they are uh, in a major tailspin. But we'll talk about more of that tomorrow. Big Dog and a coach will be back at you at 10 o'clock. Dog, be safe out there. Good luck with the script memorizing. Later. There it is. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Great job. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic signing off. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Have a great day, everybody.